Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindfulness Nama Speaks, the place where we discuss all things Ramadan in Ramadan edition. <laughs> and uh, subhanAllah, now this podcast is for women. And even though um, my niche is more like Muslim moms, because obviously I'm a Muslim mom, the truth is a lot of what we're going to talk about in general are issues regarding women, whether Muslim or non-Muslim. So whoever you are, whatever your background is, welcome, welcome. And a perfect example is the topic of today, which is um, the topic of dua, but I'm going to do it by a question or two questions actually that are often asked of me about uh, or people say they often ask themselves or ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so I think that this is something that could be really beneficial to share so I wanted to um, share with all of you before I do I wanted to tell you don't forget we are also on the web at www.mindful-muslimah.com we are also on Instagram if you want to reach me DM me ask me questions leave me comments and see when my latest podcast YouTube videos, content of all kind will go out. That's kind of where I mostly announce it. And guys, don't forget to show some love for our new YouTube video. I know it's a um, YouTube channel. I know it's super new and um, where content is going up every three, four days. So just hit the notification bell so you'll know when it comes up. But yeah, all during Ramadan, you're going to find um, content related to Ramadan. So may Allah make it beneficial and shall this entire Okay, so the topic of today is, or the questions that I hope to answer about are why can't I talk to Allah or why doesn't Allah help me or answer my dua a lot of people ask this why isn't Allah answering my dua basically why do I have all these problems like is Allah angry with me is he upset with me he doesn't love me what is it my bad person maybe because I did so many sins what's the point anyway you know, subhanAllah, these are thoughts that so many women have and that's the topic that we're going to um, tackle today in a very short amount of time, inshallah ta'ala. Don't mind me, I do have some notes in front of me, so if you hear me flipping pages, it's just because... I wanted to make sure I got the whole message across that I have for you. But basically, before I begin, I wanted to tell you and make sure I talked to you before another podcast about defining things. Defining words is so important because we might not all be talking about the same thing until we define it first. I'll give you a perfect example. Love. You have to define love. What's love to one person is not love to another because of our cultural and social norms. So subhanAllah, um, it's the same thing with success. I've talked about success before. Let's define success. Let's make sure our definition of success even makes sense. And, and where are we getting the information and how we're defining these things we have so much so many things bombarding us with the media and you know society so da'a what does this word translate to it means the call or to call to call it doesn't mean to ask or to make a request it doesn't mean that because actually there's so many types of da'a you see in the Quran even many of the prophets peace be upon them they make da'a and it's not always asking for something I think sometimes we're selfish and we're just like begging and asking but that's not the nature of the way da'a is only supposed to work there's many ways but the number one important thing is communication Da'a signifies communication. Communication between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, myself. If we are not making da'a, we are not communicating. And if we are not communicating with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something is wrong. And not only is something wrong with that situation, many things in our life are not going to be able to be settled properly without it. So the reason we have to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because we need to express 
our appreciation, our thoughts, our concerns. It's actually just like if we talk to someone else that we love. It's very important that Allah is part of our life, part of our conversation. Now, sometimes we blame ourselves for our problems. But I want you to think about this. Think about small children, very small children. Maybe ones, astaghfirullah, who suffer abuse or neglect. Did they do something to deserve it? What about a person who was born into a poor family? They had absolutely no control over what continent they were going to be born into, what economic situation of their parents. What about a woman who is physically abused? I don't care uh, how, how this person could be this way or that way. Absolutely no one deserves to suffer any type of physical, mental, or emotional abuse. Think of a woman who has been widowed. Her husband died. Was this in her control? Did she deserve that? Or an orphan, again, who is without parents to care for him. Do any of these people deserve these things? Could they have done a sin so bad that they would deserve it? Of course not. That's not how the world works. But many times when we suffer something horrible, we blame ourselves or we think it's something is wrong with either us or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Astaghfirullah. And many innocent people suffer extreme situations. But does this mean Allah doesn't love them or love us? And does this mean Allah is unfair? See, the problem with the human being is we can only see as far as our eyes will allow us to see. We have limited vision. It's kind of like this story. I'm not sure if you're all familiar with um, Musa and Khadr. Khadr, in the story, he keeps asking, why, why, why? Every time something terrible happens, he just can't get over it. In front of his face, a child dies or something happens. The boat is flooding. Why, why? He was told not to ask. He was told to trust. But he can't get over the fact that he sees something. He can only see what he can see. He has no idea what's behind that. He cannot see the full picture. He can't see the ghaib. He can't see the unseen, what hasn't yet to come. The thing is, I think we're all taught this as children, or at least Islamically, but I'm not sure, or if no one ever taught you, you know, this is the thing. We, we're told Allah knows better. Allah knows. Trust Allah. But the thing is, it's hard for us to do that in the moment of extreme problems, extreme sadness that even some of you right now might be experiencing. Allah knows that something better is coming. All of our lives are interconnected. This is the part we have to really refocus on. Sometimes our own personal hardship was not only sent to us to benefit us, to help us to grow in some way, shape, or form if we choose to reflect, but sometimes our hardship was given to us as a gift also to someone else. What do I mean by that? For example, I personally, for example, have gone through immense pain and trials in my life. You may not all know about them, but that's okay. And I don't know about all of yours. We don't have to share every single intricate detail of our lives, but we can all agree on one thing. Somehow, our lives and the pain that we felt may or may, may in some way have affected somebody else in a positive way or a negative way, right? Now, Allah loves us and sometimes he needs to give us or to gift us a situation so that we can be a vessel to help another person. So me for myself, for example, I've gone through immense trials in my life. And while I was going through it, believe me, there were moments at some point where I didn't understand the why. Why is this happening to me? Or I couldn't see maybe how some good would come out of it in a moment of, of complete sadness. And this is normal for the human being. But... I can tell you, I can't tell you how many pieces of information that have come to me because of those sadnesses, because of those trials, because of those hardships 
I can't tell you how many that I've shared with somebody else, the lessons from them, the wisdom from them that has benefited other people. And I'm sure you yourself have experienced something and then shared your experience with someone else in a way like a, a nasiha, like an advice, where you gave it to them and you helped them with their problems. You see, our lives are interconnected. We're like vessels. We're, we're carrying messages between one another. Each of us are sitting maybe in our room, in our car, in our work, making da'a, wherever we are, making da'a, ask, calling out to Allah, and maybe in our calling out, asking for help for something. And Allah answers us. But He doesn't sometimes just come directly to us. Sometimes He comes round about through other people. Sometimes other people show up in our life to give us exactly what we've asked help for. And subhanAllah, and just like I was a vessel to help someone else with my, my, through my pain and what I went through, someone else is out there enduring hardship so that they could be a vessel, so that they can use their pain to help me. We are not living our lives in isolation, right? And it's an intricate and beautiful dance if you think about it. Should we choose to reflect? See, this is, this is the difference. Should we choose to reflect and appreciate and go through that process of reflection? If we don't reflect, the complete opposite is just wallowing in our sorrows, wallowing in our pain. Woe is me. Poor is me. How could Allah, how could she, how could he blame and, and negativity? Or in the opposite spectrum, we can take that event and we can use it to reflect and grow and change into something positive. You see, everything that is gifted to us, every situation, is an opportunity for us to take ourselves higher or to drag ourselves lower. What is the difference? Our reaction. We have complete control over our reaction. We may not have control over everything that happens to our life. There's a saying, I think, something like 90% of things... Uh, is your reaction to them. And only 10% of them is the actual event itself. So we have to start understanding that we are not hopeless. We are not helpless. We can choose our reaction. And that's really important. And what happens to us, we also need to understand what happens to us. We can't always know why it's happening to us in the moment. There has to be an element of reflection and retrospection and trust in the process and in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us. Now let's look at Yusuf for example. He was imprisoned. He was imprisoned in jail, right? The Prophet, peace be upon him, Prophet um, Yusuf. And how horrible is being in prison? If any one of us right now were thrown in jail, I promise you, we would have some serious, maybe sadness, or we feel at loss, devastated, maybe even suicidal. This, I mean, I know people, subhanAllah, I've heard stories, they're just jailed for a night or two or three, and they just feel suicidal instantly. They are just wallowing in their situation. But that's only because we're looking at the temporary circumstance. When Yusuf was put in prison, within his time of imprisonment, something miraculous happened. There was an opportunity that happened. He interpreted the dream for a king about the seven years of prosperity and the seven years of famine, right? He didn't know at the time of his imprisonment that that one act of his interpretation was going to end up saving the lives of thousands and thousands of people from complete economic and social demise, completely. And do you think he knew in that moment when, when he heard the door close, boom, and they put him in the jail, that he knew something great was going to come like thousands of lives were going to be saved from that door closing on his face? Of course not. He couldn't have, and he shouldn't have. But in that moment, 
He had 10 to 20 seconds to decide how to react. Am I going to spiral into a pit of despair or am I going to stop my emotion from flooding in? Take a deep breath. Don't let it take over me. And instead, am I going to start to reflect on why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs this for me in my life? Maybe there is a reason that we can actually put a finger on. I mean, sometimes, honestly, there were times in my life when if I actually stopped and I did, I found, wow, there, there was such benefit that I could actually see in that moment. Sometimes you can't see it in that moment. It comes later. And that's where the trust has to come in. And then you're like, oh, trust, you know. But let me tell you about the trust. And this is why I find it odd that we, we, we struggle to trust. We struggle with tawakkul. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always on time. He's never early. He's never late. He can see from a completely different viewpoint Literally and figuratively, right? Think about it. He's way high, looking down on all of us at all times. He can see one continent plotting war against another continent simultaneously. Each one is thinking and doing at the other. Can we see? Oh, we have YouTube. But still, you know, you know what I'm saying. We don't actually know moment to moment. Yeah, he can see us in one location and even our spouse or our child in another simultaneously. All we live on it are ideas and assumptions about what's happening. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cold, hard facts within his reach. Think about it. If he has that much facts, that much, why, why, why don't we trust him? And instead, we lean more so on our own interpretations, ideas, assumptions, understanding of whatever's happening right in front of us. Subhanallah. Even the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created something as complicated as our respiratory system, as complicated as, as, the, as the way that the planets move, that if they were even one inch closer to one another or one inch farther away, we would completely freeze to death or burn alive. These things are so intricate, just like the weaving of our relationships and how people pass in and out of our lives. Why don't we trust him? See, that's why we need to ask, why aren't we trusting him? Not why isn't Allah helping me? Why isn't Allah doing this to me? Stop, let's stop asking why that question or those questions. Let's instead ask, why are we not trusting Allah? See, we don't have the sight to see the purpose of our pain. Sometimes we go through just a small pain for a larger khair. That's going to happen later. Sometimes the khair comes in the dunya and the akhirah. Sometimes the good comes within our life or after our life, in our death. In our afterlife. And this is the thing we need to do. We need to stop pitying ourselves and start shifting our perspective. Ask next time. Let's all make it a goal in this Ramadan. If, if we wish to, if this is some topic that you feel you need to work on and I need to work on. Instead of asking, why is Allah doing this to me? Or why doesn't Allah help me when we go through something difficult? Let's shift our questions. Instead, let's replace those questions with, why does Allah need me to go through this right now and let's start to try to reflect and let's maybe also add what is the best way let's ask ourselves, what is the best way that I can respond so that my life and my family can reap the most benefit because I have news for you guys as I'm sure you already know I'm just pointing out the obvious right just reminders most of Islam most of what the Prophet peace be upon him what he brought us were reminders Really, really, you will find repetition in the Quran so many times, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats things many, many times. 
that he knows we're just not going to get so easily. But there's certain things that he doesn't repeat because he knows we're all going to do them. And I'll just end with, with this reflection. Let's look at fasting. How many times does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refer to fasting in the Quran? Once. Why? Because we all fast. SubhanAllah, even the person who is the least religious in Ramadan feels obligated to fast. Now you might find a handful of people not fasting, but I'm going to tell you, there are people I know who live very haram lives. But when Ramadan comes, they drop it off for 30 days and they fast because Allah knew they were going to take it seriously. He didn't have to repeat it many times. But there's many, many th- th- things in the Quran that he has to repeat many times. He has to keep telling us to trust him so many times. Why don't you trust me? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you trust me? Why aren't you mindful? Why aren't you mindful? He has said so many times. So what we have to understand is that when we choose not to respond with trust, not to respond with reflection, we're not just messing up our lives, especially if we're, we're mothers. Okay, so for the young women, you know you have a life ahead of you maybe. But still, believe me, you will affect the people around you if, if in relation to parents. You'll make your parents go through a lot or you'll make your friends go through a lot or maybe your siblings go through a lot. So still, this is, this is related to you as well. But for mothers, subhanAllah, we are the, the leaders of our household, you know, regardless of what you want to talk about, males and females. We have our own domains in what we're responsible for. And when we are in a bad mood, ladies, come on. When we're in a bad mood, doesn't everybody else suffer? Doesn't everyone else in the house suffer? Our husband, our kids. When we're in a bad mood, when we're frustrated, when we have an inability to cope with our anger or our lack of an ability to see the bigger picture, we are just destroying the lives of the people around us because our attitudes and our words are less than good. Less than good. And we can't see the bigger picture and an infinitely wise, honorable, and trustworthy being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, that he has it all under control. And it's our shortcoming that we can't see, that we can't trust, that we can't accept. It's our shortcoming, not the shortcoming of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's doing everything possible to give us the best of everything. And sometimes, like I said, the thing that is seemingly bad is actually good if we only knew but we have to wait and sometimes the answers will come sooner than, than later we, we don't know every situation is different but we have to also keep in mind that sometimes our pain is for another person to help them and we have to open our eyes and know that sometimes someone else's pain is to help us too so let's try today as we're fasting to try to reflect on that and to use it as a point of reflection and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to accept his qadr to accept what he's bestowed upon us good and bad and that we can find the infinite wisdom in it to help ourselves and our family may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you guys and accept your fast I'll talk to you in the next podcast assalamu alaikum